Hello and welcome back to For Book's Sake. I'm Heather Roberts. And I am Veronica Adams. Together we are 1852 Media. We are. And today we are going to be talking about all of the buzz in the land, which is um, discussing one of one of the topics being is book talk making the publishing world into fast fashion? Is is it now the Sheehan of publishing? Yes. Is it? <laughs> is it? I, you know, I've seen a lot of people's comments on this. There was an article, I think it was in Business Insider. Yes. That was talking about how the release um, from Red Tower Books, which is an imprint of Entangled. I think that's important to note. So um, it, who and they are the publisher of Rebecca Yaros's you know, runaway hit, The Fourth Wing, and follow-up Iron Flame, that they are essentially, you know, falling into, that they are the Sheehan of the publishing world. I I laugh when I say this, but, you know, because of that whole, uh, the main crux was because of the the whole, uh, you know, special edition that they put out of The Fourth Wing, and then- All the misprints and the buzz building and the marketing of these special editions and the selling books to consumers that they've already bought just with different covers or different formatting. Yeah. Yeah. And then how it was executed, not super well, Mm -hmm. uh, that there were some issues with the execution. Uh, We'll put it there. I mean, my copy is, is fine. It has a small misprint in the copyright, but other than that, it's fine. Uh, I, I, I own the audiobooks only personally, so yeah, I, I couldn't speak to print quality in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but there were certainly many misprints. We saw that happen. So, yeah. um, and it looks like they were printed at two different printers, and and all mm-hmm. of that. So, right. But, so the thesis, I guess, of that particular article was that Book Talk was pushing publishers to become fast fashion, yeah. and. <laughs> Oh, I, I have so many thoughts. I know. Well, we could, we, yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> yeah, take a drink because, uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot to unpack here. I mean, first of all, <laughs> first of all, I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to this theory, by the way. I don't. People have been oh, trying. I'll, I'll take it a step further, Heather. I think this particular journalist, this reporter, is completely out of touch with indie publishing in the way that yeah. a lot of romance specifically and romanticy gets produced just completely I, out of touch. Totally. With totally. I, I mean, if I guess if they were limiting it to traditional publishers only, and we're talking sure. about it in that regard, maybe, maybe, and that's, you hear the question mark there, right? Because come on, publishing yeah. number one is a very hard industry to make money in. For sure. Regardless of what you see on TikTok, <laughs> you know, it is a very hard industry to make money. So if there is a way to capitalize on an audience and give them something extra or special and give them what they're craving, mm-hmm. yeah, people are going to do it. Sure. A hundred percent. And what's wrong with that? I mean, we can discuss the execution of it, you know, sure. Maybe it was done messily if we're talking about 
the this particular this example. particular this example. The, this is the only situation where something like this has happened, right? And, and these these tools that the article I think was perhaps calling into question or even degrading. They're not new, like not right. in any way, shape, or form. Uh, authors and publishers alike have been doing this as part of their marketing strategy for a considerable amount of time. Yeah, it, it is not book talk, my friends. That is not what is book talk is only the newest iteration of the fandom pushing. Right. It is not what is pushing, you know, publishers or indie authors to mm-hmm. make these special editions and things like that. They're just right. responding to what the market wants, which happens to be currently on BookTok. Before yes. that, it existed on Facebook. Yeah. Um, before that, it existed on blogs. Yep. All oh, the blogosphere. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to blame BookTok in particular is ridiculous. I mean, I think that that was just a clickbait. Yeah. I. The whole tone of the article had spurned reader on it to me, right? Like this is somebody who perhaps enjoyed fourth wing or enjoys romanticy and feels somehow. mm, Slighted. Yeah. Yes. By the surprise special edition limited collector's item that is actually something they already own. Yeah. But like, that's the risk you take when you sign up to buy something, not knowing exactly what it's going to be. Hello. Like, yeah, there, there was a choice involved. Grab bag, you know, you didn't have to buy it. Like, right. No one took that risk when you paid for it. No one forced you to purchase it and pre-order it. You know what? You know what we're doing? You know what? We're doing lawyer stuff. This is all caveat. I know. I know. (sighs) We think about things too much. But on the other hand, okay, so I've I've also seen people saying that some of these books are, you know, put out too quickly and thus they are not good. And for that, I just want to throw all of that out the window. Yes. That whole argument is ridiculous. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Indie yes. authors can publish a book a month or more. I We've represented people who publish multiple books a month. Yeah. And yeah, we do. And they're good. They're not bad yes. books. They're edited. They're, you they know, sell, they get great reviews and there yeah. is a market for them. You may not be in that audience, but that market exists. And that doesn't mean that they're bad simply because they're fast. Right. And, you know, that's what, that's what really bothers me because it's like taking an entire market of readers and saying, yeah. You're not good enough for us because we require our books to be going through this lengthy process of, you know, all of these editors and this approval process and this that, cog that of a system. New York Times bestseller intellectual elitism, if yes. ever I've heard it. Yes, I if think ever I've heard it. That's what really bothers me is the yes. pretentiousness that it just yes. smacks me in the face with. Yes. But unless it takes you months and months and months to pour over a manuscript and even produce a first draft, and then your editor needs a year to rip it apart, and your publisher needs another six months to properly package it up, distribute it, and market it for you, it's not an actual real good book. It's Ridiculous. Ridiculous. 
Yes. And yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of comments. I mean, we'll talk about Fourth Wing and, and Iron Flame simply because those are often brought up here, right? Yes. Yes. I have read them both. I have enjoyed them both. I, I, you know, I really liked them. <laughs> and I'm not a fantasy reader. I'm not, that's not my yeah. go-to. We've discussed this mm-hmm. before. But you know what? They were fun books. Were yeah. they high craft books? No. Were they written as high craft books? No. Also no. Right. <laughs> like they weren't, this is not a Brandon Sanderson world we're talking about here. If you want that, oh, go Lord read girl. that. Listen to you. <laughs> it, I mean, for real though. You're, you, but what, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You know what other bad books, bad books that, you know, I'm using quotations if you're not on the tube of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's being facetious. Yeah. Like bad Fifty Shades of Grey. That's a bad book. Horrible. Terrible. Horrible. Guess what? It started a wave of reading for a generation that had not had that before. I'm now on my high horse. So bad they made it into major motion pictures. (laughs) That's how terrible it was. It was that bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I, we wouldn't be here, but for E.L. James and Fifty Shades of Grey. For sure. So I have a lot of appreciation for those quote unquote bad books. Absolutely. I Absolutely. also read them a million times. They I'll were take great. it a step further. I feel the same way about the Twilight series, which yeah. loosely inspired the fan fiction that eventually became Fifty Shades of Grey. 100%. And 100% not my kind of book, but I own them. I've read them multiple times. They're good for what they are. They might be socially problematic now in retrospect, but sure. like. At the time. Good books. Good books. Sorry. They were entertainment. Yes. Then, you know, not, I know people are, I actually saw um, somebody was talking about on TikTok how like, you know, they don't like it when people say like, oh, well, it was no literary masterpiece. Like, well, that's not what I'm saying. It has to be at least a good book. To you, to you, it has to be a good book. To me or to other readers, it doesn't have to be this like good book it can just be straight up entertainment which is what they are i mean they're they're straight up entertainment so people any- will find anything they can to condescend to others about like it's just it's just it's just basic snobbery is what it is yeah it's elitism I mean, you know how many you know how many like palate cleansers is what i call them mind eraser of about oh god i call them catnip catnip <laughs> catnip like you just need the sheer joy the fun of it right like it does not like you're not looking for and they make so much money like literally any i'm gonna throw out names literally any any jenica snow book ever i i love them okay i love them they they are catnip they are mind erasers i am not thinking when I am reading that book, I You're am just inst- having fun and experiencing straight the joy up enjoyment. Yeah. Yep. Straight up enjoying it. If I want a book where I have to like have some thought in my brain to figure out what's going on. Yeah. I will choose a book that requires that. Yeah. But there's nothing that doesn't make those books bad. It no. makes them what they are. Yeah. And she's not claiming <laughs> to use Jenica. Right. And I love you, Jenica. Right. She's not claiming to be the next, you know, literary masterpiece here. She's not hiding the type of books that well, she writes. Okay, but like, you know, there's this, nothing this wrong begs, with it. 
And this begs an argument about literary masterpieces too, right? Yeah, what like, is that? Where's the so, definition? I mean, that's my question, right? Like, do you need to be a Bronte sister or Jack Kerouac in order to be considered a legitimately good author? Get right. out of here with that nonsense. Like, we can discuss, okay, what is actual garbage? We've all read actual garbage. And that's usually when there's massive plot holes, massive mm-hmm. editing area. Er, right. ed, look, I can't even say it. Editing errors. Or just a complete lack of editing, which does happen quite frequently. It does. Uh, when you're reading the book and you you don't know what's going on, you're taken out of the moment so mm-hmm. frequently because of the continuity is, is terrible. Yes. Or the writing style, it, it alternates, st- you know, points of view or there are voice issues. Like, it, right. you know. Tense issues. Yeah. We've all read hot garbage. Yeah. That objectively is hot garbage. Yeah. And should, you know, take a few passes through an editor before it gets out there. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're talking about. We're We're now coming down to a nuance of like, what if all other things are the same, if editing is the same and plot and continuity, now we're talking about content that we just don't like the content of the book and that therefore, you know, and it's done quickly. And so therefore it's trash. No, I mean, they talk, I saw one that brought up a one video that brought up the Venn diagram of like, you know, that like, the old saying of you can have uh, two of these where it's either cheap, good, and fast. Yeah, pick two. Pick two. I mean, isn't that how Roma, like, you can have it fast and good, but not cheap. Well, in indie author land, that's not really true, is it? No. You can have it fast and good and cheap. Thousands of authors out there underselling their product because the market right. demands it. Like These this people is, have written books that are worth ten dollars a piece, twelve dollars a piece, twenty dollars a piece, and they're selling them for five bucks or less because Amazon doesn't make it possible to do it any differently. Right, it's just the way it is. Like when we're talking about romance landia, I don't think that Venn diagram is valid. If you no, know, I just I don't think applicable. it's valid. Nope. Because we, we have, yeah. we currently have, and in the past have had some very prolific clients whose books are, they're just good. They're good. Period. Like they're fun or they're, they give you the experience you're expecting from them. They're dark and thrilling or they're super sexy and steamy, whatever the case may be. You, you just cannot. You can't judge it in the same way that you judge other markets. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. This is a completely different industry. Than- well, it demonstrates how out of touch you are with publishing generally. Like maybe you have your finger on the pulse of traditional publishing, right? Like, right. Okay, fine. Which is a whole different but, world. I mean, what percentage of the market is even traditional books at this point? I think it's like 1% or something. Really, Great. It's really low. It's, so it's you've got, low. Let's just say 10% or less. Sure. You know? Like let's give a bunch of credit here. So you've got a really great understanding of 10% of the market and you're showing your ass demonstrating how little you know about the other 90% of the market. Right. Period. It, it's really, and it infuriates me because once again, it is downgrading indie authors who put mm-hmm. a lot of time and effort and energy into their craft and into their yes. brand. And now we're once again saying, even if, you know, not outwardly, but we're inferring 
that they're not real authors because they didn't go through this long and arduous obstacle course that is known as traditional publishing. Nobody's winning any sort of literary prize for their work in indie publishing. Right. And I mean, let's, and talking about traditional publishing and, you know, Red Tower Books with what they're trying to do mm-hmm. and what they're, they're trying to give people what they want. And was it a cash grab? Of course it was a cash grab. We live in America, which is capitalism. Number like 101. Of course it was. Of course it was. Oh God. Okay. I mean, <laughs> do, do I invoke her? Do I, do I even go there? Like... Our queen puts out how many versions of every album she releases. Right. I mean, we yeah, let's talk about Taylor again. I mean, <laughs> Taylor Swift, she gets at least one shout out every episode, right? <laughs> at least one. This is books and also a Taylor Swift podcast. Let's just accept it, it now. It really is. But, but seriously, like that is a legitimate marketing model in our society today. It is because it, is. it works because people respond to it. People love uh, it. I personally am not going out to Target to buy 17 different vinyl versions of one album. I'm just going to stream what's available to me on the streaming service of my choice because I'm a simple gal on a budget. Yep. But but people do want to buy the trade paperback and the special edition hardcover and the grab bag surprise thing from the publisher that you don't know what it is before you you get it, but it could also just be another version of the book you already own. Yeah. Great. Spend your money the way you see fit. It's your money. Do Co- we, collect we, the books yeah. the way you want to collect them to each his or her own. Exactly. Do what you want. <sighs> yes. They're just providing another opportunity. Nobody is forcing you to participate in this game called exactly. capitalism. Exactly. You, you can still enjoy the books yeah. and support the author at the level at which you're comfortable. You don't have to buy a book. You can go to your library and ask them to get it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, get it. I, I'm sorry. Like, there is a way to do this without spending a dime. Correct. You and you can still wait support a little the authors bit, but... you enjoy. And, well, yeah. Okay. Sure. sure. Delayed gratification. But it's there's there. no money exchanged on your part. And right. you still get the benefit of supporting the author and the experience of reading the books. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> it's. <sighs> I know. We're, we're listen, sighing a bis- lot Our here. biscuits have been so burned by this article. It's just really, yeah, it's, it's just really obnoxious. I mean, because yeah. I think a lot of people conflate the indie publishing world with the traditional publishing world and forget that like indie even exists. Yeah. And also forget that publishing has been doing this type of stuff forever. Like this is not the first fandom that they have attempted to capitalize on. I mean, come on now, (laughs) come on now. And even still, I mean, the traditional publishing world is always trying to play a game of catch up. They are always trying to make fetch happen. So, I mean, for example, they're, they're constantly trying to gobble up popular indie authors in the author series mm-hmm. that um, have done well because they think there's money to be made there. Sure. Do you think that they're sure. just reaching out to them because like they liked their book or liked no. their cover? No, because there's money to be made there. And also they want to corner the market on what is clearly competition for them. Correct. Like, 
what what could be more profitable than making some of your top competitors your own portfolio of business? Right. And so then they're going to recover those books mm-hmm. and they're going to distribute them on a wider basis than what the indie author originally had, you know, when, mm-hmm. when they did it uh, originally. Maybe, depending on the indie. Depending. But usually that's what's going to yeah. happen. And they're going to rake up the proceeds for for what? For just providing a slightly larger audience? That's yep. that's what they're doing. And the indie More author distribution. Right. And the indie author is excited because their books are now getting on a, you know, larger distribution list. Sure. Likely are going to be in print in stores that they don't have to manage because if you're an indie author managing that is a bitch. Yes. Uh, it can be done. Yes, it is. It can be done, but it's a bitch. So yes. having a traditional publisher step in and say, oh, we'll take care of that for you. Mm-hmm. It's a win for them because they've certainly already had some success with the series because absolutely, that's the reason that the traditional publisher wants them because yeah. they've had success with the series. I mean, come on. Traditional publishers are constantly looking for cash grabs. This is what they do. They're corporations. So now we're, I don't know, just noticing. I I don't understand. (laughs) Like what, what has there been other messy executions in the past? Of course there has. This is just the most recent iteration. Yeah. And it sounded to me like it was a printer issue that they are trying to rectify. I mean, like they... I've seen statements from, you know, Red Tower and things like that, that they're trying to rectify it. Um, So if you did get a misprint, you know, there's supposed to be processes put in place where you can resolve that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, so good. I mean, that that should be happening. (laughs) Right. But yeah, it's just it's just not surprising to me. There's no there's no shock at all here. I think back to the late 90s through the late aughts, early 2010s, and everything that happened at brick and mortar bookstores during the Harry Potter craze. Like, was this person not alive? Right. Or awake and paying attention to any of that? (laughs) Apparently not. Like... The midnight parties, the... Right. Yeah. Like, nothing Red Tower has done to sensationalize Rebecca's books and market them quite smartly in my opinion and effectively is is new (laughs) yeah none of it it's just updated for the way we have incorporated technology and certain tips and and alterations i mean it's just they've modernized marketing yeah modernized and refreshed for today And for this particular genre and the people who read it. Yeah. And so when we say like, you know, oh, fast fashion, that once again, I just bring it back. That that's the content that that brings it back to the content. Right. Uh Because if we're talking about like Shein is given as the example. Right. 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 Shein is a for those that don't know who've been living under a rock. Shein is a fast fashion merchandiser. Manufacturer that is located um, in Asia. They have multiple manufacturing places, so I don't want to like pigeonhole it to one particular place, but they produce items very quickly and they're not super high quality, but they are very cheap. 
and you know you get the item and it uh, you know i don't order from them but uh, i've seen a bunch of tiktoks they smell like plastic for you know a while even after you've taken it out of the plastic but you know most items not all items some items what, whatever but they're giving trend it's trends and it yeah. reminds me of forever 21 right like this is all trendy also clothes. arguably kind of a fast fashion a fast fashion outlet correct there's a place in the market for fast fashion. There always has been a place for in the market for sure. fast fashion. It's just moved online. You're no longer going to the mall to go and get it. Right. But and the idea is that it's cheap, low quality. You're going to wear it once or twice before it's ruined. And then you're going to throw it in the garbage and it's going to sit in a landfill forever. Right. Is that the same for books? I no. don't really think so. No. No. It's not the same. Well, these are not one they're not really cheap okay we're, we're discussing price points. Yeah, let's start there let's yeah. start there uh these these things are not cheap i happen to get both books for like 16 dollars total simply because i had credits on my amazon account and you know it, yeah. I, I happen to get it at good price points so go me um but i believe it was originally listed at like 32 dollars for the special edition mm-hmm. that's that's not cheap Okay, that's normal. For a special hard- edition, actually, it's a pretty well, good price if you ask me. Right, for like, a special edition, but for a regular hardback book, that's sure. that's pretty common. That's yeah, a, no. yeah, it is. That, that's the price of them. So, you know, there's that. And, you know, content-wise, then we go to, you know, quality, right? And now we're talking about quality of the packaging. Okay, well, we can, we've already discussed that. We can go on and on about that forever. They're trying to rectify that. But now our quality of content is really what people are talking about. And that's a subjective an opinion. <laughs> that's just a subjective opinion. People are saying, oh, she wrote the second one too fast. I don't know. Whatever. You didn't like it. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. That's 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 your opinion. That's a valid opinion. That's yours. Just like somebody else's who enjoyed it. And that's a valid opinion and that's theirs. And I heard uh, there was one person saying, and I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, Mercedes on book talk. That's her. I don't know her handle, but that's what she goes by. She was saying that a lot of people, she feels that a lot of people didn't like necessarily book two. Those people that didn't like it, they, that book two was more fantasy uh, driven that had a lot of world building in book two, that there was a lot of more like technical things in book two, whereas book one was more, it was lighter on the world building elements, which got criticized for, for lighter on the world building elements. And then book two came out. So if it's a romanticy genre, right? So it's a mix match, mix match, mishmash and romance of fantasy and romance. Yeah. So yeah, if you were more into the romance, you might not have enjoyed book two as much as you enjoyed book one. If you're more into the fantasy, you might have enjoyed book two more than you enjoyed book one. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. but for somebody like me who doesn't really read fantasy, I, I really enjoy reading romance more. Yeah. I, I, I could see how book two was maybe a little slow quote unquote in the beginning because there was a lot of, you know, world stuff happening which I don't think you've read book two yet, so I don't want to give no. 
I don't want to give plots away here. Thank you. Thank you for no spoilers. No spoilers here. But so I think that that's – my point is it's all about perspective. It's all about what you are coming into the books with your background, history, knowledge, what you're Mm -hmm. expecting. We talk about expectations a lot uh, when we're talking about authors and marketing. And this is one of those things. What are you expecting to read? And so if you go into this book and you're expecting to read some really intense fantasy world, you're going to be disappointed. It's not that. Right. That's not what this is. And if that's what you're used to and that's what you crave and that's what you love, then you're not going to like it. Move on. Don't shit on other people who happen to like craft yes, books. I, like, you know. I, I think – Everyone involved in that article could could be best served by learning and adopting the philosophy of not yucking someone else's yum. Because yeah, it might not be for you, but it's very clearly for a lot of people. A lot of people. And I think that that's also, there's a part of it that it's like, people don't want to jump on a cliche, right? Like people want to separate themselves and not be part of a, you know, bandwagon. Oh, well, I'm, I'm different. Uh, it's sort of pick me energy, right? With an indie record much cooler than mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying all help. people. I cannot right? help myself at this point. I am. I, it's a compulsion. Yeah, right. Not all people, but there are some people who want to dodge the stigma of being on the bandwagon or being trendy and and yeah. want to be independent or unique or to set themselves apart in some way. That's fine. That's fine. It's totally fine. You do you. you. Don't have to yuck someone else's yum to be the cool underground like indie trendsetter whatever. Yeah. I mean, I used to, honestly, I, I did put off reading, reading Twilight for years mm-hmm. because I was just like, oh, it's so stupid. Like all the kids like it. It's so cliche. It's so dumb. Like, you know, whatever. And I was one of those people having not read any of those books. I was making judgments <laughs> upon them based upon the fandom. Okay. Right. And then one evening the movies were on and it, I just so happened to like turn it on. Yeah. I don't even remember which it was on one of the, like the first one at some point in the movie. I think it started at the beginning and I was, I watched it for like 10 minutes and was suddenly like, Oh now, now I'm, now I'm hooked. Like now I need to know what happens. And these were the movies, which were arguably not even close to as good as the book. The first and, one, especially. Yeah. But they caught my attention. Yeah. I just happened to, I guess, be in a mood in that evening mm-hmm. And so I watched then the rest of the movies and then I bought the books and then I read the books multiple times. And it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it caught me in a different way. So don't, don't shit on it. I, I, I used to shit on it. So what? I know it's not amazing. I know it's not the greatest writing ever out there. Obviously. Like I've done my, I've done my time reading those books, you know, like I've done my time reading the classics, okay. We we I've read the. Well, what makes but see that that again goes back to the I idea know. of what makes something like what what is a classic by definition? Well, I just the mean like people with 
letters after their name who decided that they're yeah. smarter than everyone else and more important than everyone else. And they get to hand out awards to people for doing a better job than the average person. Well, what I, I'll tell you what I mean by reading the classics. I've done my, by reading, you know, the great Gatsby and F Scott, all of F Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I've yeah, read yeah. like, I've read more than I probably should have of F Scott Fitzgerald than I was ever assigned to. Same with J.D. Salinger and, you know, yeah. all of the the Warren, uh, you know, the Tale Tolstoy. of Two Cities and oh, Tolstoy yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, Great Expectations with Charles Dickens and books with allegories in it and books that you're supposed to interpret and think about and have whole essays on after the fact. I've done my educational literary do you know what's the classic? Ladies, Lady Chatterley's Lover. That yes. book is filthy. Yes. Written it is by a, classic. a man and considered a classic. Correct. Don't like just just leave romanticy alone. Just if leave Lady it alone. Lady Chatterley's Lover is a classic. Correct. Yeah. There is room in this world for people to enjoy whatever they want. But yeah, you don't need to have a book with a ton of symbolism in it. Uh-huh. We we don't need to think that deeply. Okay, yeah. that that's not. I don't want to think that dim- deeply. Sometimes, sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm like, "Ooh, I really want a book that has a lot of substance and meaning and deep thought into it." That has happened ninety yeah. percent of the time, though. You're, <laughs> when I'm describing I, my Ayn Rand phase, <laughs> yeah, ninety percent of the time, I do not want that. I want right. to. I want to check out. Like when I don't know when you're watching a movie. <laughs> And you just want to throw on a fun rom-com or something sure. that doesn't require a lot of thought. Yep. Like, that's it's okay. That's why we have different genres of books. That's right. That's why there's fiction and nonfiction. Well, and those kinds of books and films and shows exist in every genre. Correct. Why like, are we shitting on it in romance? You know why. I know. We go, I know why. Because everything that women like is, yes, heaven forbid, automatically, automatically gets a strike against it just because it's heaven forbid women like anything. I mean, the Barbie movie. Yes. Heaven forbid. The heirs tour. I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with the heirs tour. People, you know, making fun of these women who are going to the tour and screaming and, so excited and they're like oh my god they're so unhinged and i'm just like massive side eye have you literally never watched a man watch a football game ever or a hockey game any any insert sports here i mean truly i what it's just when women like things we get judged that's right which is not allowed to like things yeah we're not allowed to like things so i'm just supposed to Never mind. (laughs) I'll save my invisible labor speech for another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can go down that road. But yeah. But seriously, it's it's delegitimized because women respond to it and it's automatically harder. Well and and then there are layers of of racism built in too, right? Right. If the author was an author of color, this would be an even bigger suppression and an even bigger issue with trying to delegitimize it but 
And I think that that's why I also get frustrated when there are women out there making these very loud opinions, you know, trying to delegitimize. I can't speak today. I need more coffee. Trying to- Doing takedown pieces. Yeah, doing takedown pieces of- not just, I'm not talking about fourth wing iron flame. Like if you have literal critiques, go, go forth with your literal critiques. That's your opinion. Yeah. But like just doing hit pieces for no other reason than to do a hit piece without mm-hmm. considering this other, you know, angle to it where why, why can't we just let people like certain books? Now, granted, if there's legitimate criticism, I have to put this caveat in there because some yeah, people are going to come at me and be like, well, Heather, no. I, I understand there are legitimate reasons why certain books may have some real problems. Okay. We just talked about a series not too long oh, for ago sure. that had some real problems. That's not what we're talking about here. If there are none of those pieces, right there, there's no problematic piece to the work. Just let people enjoy it for what it is. It doesn't need to be this, you know, high high quality thing because then when you shit on it it makes the entire it opens the door for people outside of our industry to shit upon it as well and then and that happens enough as it is yeah once again we have articles that you know the romance landia is once again unhinged and these aren't real books and you're not real authors and it, yeah. it, around and around and around. Crazy, horny ladies. Yeah. And we will never be considered legitimate in the eyes of society yeah. if we constantly are, you know, telling each other that you're not writing real books unless you're doing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So that's my high horse. <laughs> like a bad book. Like a- no, it's a good, it's a good soapbox. I, I, like, I just, I, for the life of me, I cannot understand needing to act like you are better than people who are enjoying something you don't enjoy. Correct. I, no one's being hurt here. We're talking about, you know, consenting adults and probably consenting old adolescents, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. who are clamoring for this particular book from this particular author from this particular publisher and like you've got a problem with the marketing don't buy it yeah don't buy buy it if you have a problem with the book don't read any more of them leave an honest review about of of the things that you legitimately find wrong and you know if there are problems with your life if there are problematic pieces surely talk about them absolutely we can criticize things without you know, in, in a way that is respectful Mm -hmm. and civil and that brings actual discussion to the table. And that's something valid to talk about, but just saying that the book is crap because it's written fast fast or, you know, in this particularly to me, cringy cash grabby way. Well, duh, that's what marketing is. That's what it is. That's what we do. Welcome to our capitalist society. Yeah. That's what we get paid to do. Yeah. (laughs) Like us, particularly. So, yeah, yeah. You know. Exactly. It's wild. But anyway. so Frustrating. Frustrating. Book talk is not turning publishing into fast fashion. It's not. 
And there's nothing wrong with writing books quickly as long as you're doing them well. Authors have been doing it for years. 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 Like, some authors, historically, like back when everything was print, had multiple pen names or they ghost wrote in addition to their own, you know, their own particular brand. And like... I mean, look at what Some James... people are just prolific. They're capable of writing a lot fast. Even they shouldn't be penalized for that. Yeah, even before James Patterson started down his world of ghostwriting, he had yeah. books like constantly out. Constantly. I did not see this criticism of James Patterson. Yeah. When he the was John releasing Gershaw. a freaking book a month. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What's the difference? Oh, well, I, and we all know the difference. So, yeah. Anyway, yep. back on the back on the soapbox. Marketing tip of the week. We did not discuss this prior. <gasps> you got one. Let me think about it for a second. I mean, we can we can reiterate some of our marketing tips uh, for here. I mean. I will say don't for piss off journalists, don't piss off journalists. Yeah. I, I think, I think a marketing tip for anybody because any author who wants the level of success that, that Rebecca has gotten right from yeah. this, this is a breakout book. A hundred percent. For sure. What, whether you hate it, you love it, whatever. It's, it's a breakout book for her. Um, it's done insane things to her person, you know, to her life and her career mm-hmm. and her, su- yeah, her success. Absolutely. I think, a marketing tip for that something to to understand is that people are not going to like it right and you have to expect that if you want that level of success you have to understand that you're not going to be it's not going to be all rainbows and butterflies right some people will come for you because how dare you get out of your lane correct people are going to come for you no matter what uh you are going to have to grow a thick skin you are going to, um, she posted on Facebook the other day that she has had people ambush her in uh, the airport with like when she's coming out of an airport lounge with like 20 books to sign because they're resellers and they want to sign. She had another person also ambush her in an airport as she's waiting at baggage claim uh, with the same thing. Uh, she had somebody ship books to her home, found her personal address, and shipped books to her home and asked her to sign them and mail them back to her so that to the reseller so that they could then sell the books online signed. Just wild things are going to happen to you. Creepy things. People <laughs> creepy. That's creepy. Okay. That's that's stalkery behavior behavior that some of y'all need therapy yeah like like, holy boundary violations batman exactly so you have to be prepared that things could get out of control like that and it's i'm sure el james has experienced similar things oh i have no doubt you know, so, and then people get, you know, all upset that these authors become popular and they become really insulated and they tighten down their circles and they're not uh-huh. as willing to go. This is why, okay? Because, because some of y'all are out here pushing buttons and they yeah. can't take it anymore. This is why. 
So my marketing tip of the week for authors is if you do have something like this, get a good team around you immediately. If you don't already yeah. have one, start yeah. protecting yourself immediately mm-hmm. and your family and all of your private information. And for readers and those otherwise in the community, don't don't do that. Don't put yeah. them in a position where they have to further insulate themselves. I mean that don't, don't do it. Don't do it. They're people. They were people before there'll be people after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we want them to keep don't writing. Create bitter recluses out of yes. artists who give you art that you enjoy. Correct. Please. I know people be crazy, <sighs> crazy. So readers and booksellers behaving badly. Indeed. Oh, we could do a whole episode on that. And maybe that'll be next one. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. (laughs) I like it too. All right. Until next time.